Welcome to episode 7 of the Better Than Yesterday podcast with your host, Angelo Kelly. This week, I welcomed a special guest to the podcast, Natalie Newhart. Natalie was a CrossFit Games athlete in 2013 and spent 2014 through 2016 trying to make it back to the Games, where ultimately she was caught using steroids, specifically Anavar, and was banned from CrossFit until 2019, I believe. So she is eligible to compete, but we talked about how she's probably not going to compete again and how her life has just taken a dramatic 180 since actually that drug test and her decision to own it and apologize and just be honest and open with it. And this is exactly the kind of guest I want to bring on the show. So I'm so glad I got the chance to interview her because she is the epitome of being better than yesterday. She came clean about using steroids, which a lot of people would not do. And the way we talked about her story, the decision almost made it made it for her. The hours and hours of training that she seemingly got no results, it ultimately led her to that decision. And she admitted that she made a mistake. She has a great blog post called Why I Did It. And she just talks about how a lot of people don't know all the the hours and training sessions that led in, into tears after every failed PR attempt and never moving her numbers. So it is an incredibly moving story. I will direct you guys after you listen to this episode um, to the Alyssa Ritchie podcast where she also interviewed Natalie and they got more into the drug side and her CrossFit career. But I wanted to talk to Natalie about everything she has going on now within nutrition coaching and just her lifestyle changes in general. So I will send it over to the interview. I know you guys are going to get a ton from this and I'm so happy she came on. So we now welcome to the podcast a very special guest. We have Natalie Newhart this week. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, dude. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So um, I wanted to get started with your CrossFit journey. Obviously, this is your big story. So just how did you get started in CrossFit and what got you into it? Um, well, I got started in CrossFit a long time ago. Uh, it was probably like 13 years ago. Um, so I was kind of like in the, you know, the beginning stages or whatever when it was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it through a CrossFit or no, I, fa- I found it through a rock climbing gym. I was doing rock climbing back then. And uh, I wanted to get in shape for my wedding, of course. And just like everybody else, you know, you know, I'm competitive in nature. So the first class I did, I was just kind of hooked. And it quickly, you know, expanded from there. Like I opened my own gym and quit my job. Like just totally was just like, I'm going full on CrossFit and just went in, you know, so. So were you good, like right when you started? Like, did you get pretty good very fast? You know, I I feel like I can't really remember very well that. Like, I remember being like, man, like, I, I remember thinking 95 pounds was hard, right? Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, like, if I could ever just do 95. So I wasn't good. No, it definitely took me a while. I mean, because it took me, it, it took me, even like once I started training full time, it still took me like three years to make it to the games, you know, mm-hmm. like, so it, you know, yeah, no, it was, I don't think I was good right off the bat. I think it's just my size that, um, allows my reps to be quick and 
like, especially like pull up squats, stuff like that. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, it wasn't a natural thing. I'd never done lifting or, or gymnastics at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So did you have a sports background growing up? Yeah. I mean, I did, I, I did all the sports, but, um, what I ended up kind of being good at was I kind of did a lot of adrenaline stuff. Like I did rock climbing, uh, dirt biking, skateboarding, snowboarding, um, those kind of things. Okay. Um, that, but like, and then I did soccer like in high school, but after like, you know, through high school and I was kind of like that troublemaker, you know, and I kind of uh-huh. got into all those other sports. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cause when I first started CrossFit, I played baseball in college. So there was a lot of like explosive movements that I picked up really fast, but, um, yeah, I just didn't, it depends on how you start and where you start. So I didn't know if you were naturally, you're just like, I'm going to quit my job. I'm all in, I'm going to make the games this year. Or if it was like a longer process. Uh, yeah, that was the goal, but it took <laughs> a lot longer than I expected. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. So what, so what was training like the first couple years that led you up to making it to the games? Um, you know, I think like with everybody, you start off with something like just at the, you know, the wad programming. Um, and then I remember back in the day, you know, so I was doing wad programming and then I think I, I was probably following some program and then I, I signed up with, um, Rudy, you know, outlaw, do you remember outlaw? I don't know. He's big into uh, Olympic lifting. Okay. Anyways, um, I was with him for a while, and then I was with Spencer Arnold. Um, so, you know, I just kind of started to get more, like, coaching, um, do more camps and stuff like that. But, like, you know, my workout started off at an hour. Mm-hmm. And by the time that I made it to the CrossFit Games, I was probably training five, six hours even back then. And that was in 2013. So, Yeah. So it ramped up pretty quick because I, I just assumed that, okay, if I'm going to make it to the CrossFit Games, I'm just going to have to train all day. And so that's just what I did. So, so knowing that, I was like, well, if I'm going to have to train all day, I'm going to have to own a gym so I can be at the gym all day. And mm-hmm. so I just like, just flipped my entire life around. So just to do that. And it, you know, it took me three years, even at that, of, mm-hmm. you know, full-time training to do that. So, so what, what yeah. was it like the first time you made it to the Games? Like, what was that experience? Um, it was surreal. Uh, feeling like, I don't know, kind of like in this really big, I don't know, just like, it was just really surreal, you know? Um, you got all this free shit, and there's all these, like, pros around you, you know? And um, you're just like, I can't believe I'm here. And then at the, at the like, that's one minute, and then the next minute you're, like, freaking out because, like, you know, there's a lot of workouts and, you know, um, you want to do your best and a lot of pressure. So it was, you know, I mean, I just put, looking back at it now, I put so much pressure on myself rather than enjoying the process. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wish I could have enjoyed it more, but that's just kind of my nature. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was amazing, you know, and once you go, you're like, even more hungry to get back because you're like all right well I did it once I know what to do so I can do it again you know mm-hmm. and also I thought like oh well I'm just gonna train harder you know um but that didn't work so yeah and you talked a lot on, on Alyssa Ritchie's podcast so I will point people there 
to talk about your yeah. games experience and everything like that. So I don't want to ask the same questions or anything like that. But what happens? So you make it to the games in 2013, and then what happens the next couple years after? So I was I was like you know Jones and to go back, um, and so uh, that was the plan deadlift was like my nemesis I couldn't lift like there was one workout that I actually couldn't uh lift you know uh, or actually complete it in the game so I focused on deadlifts I did deadlifts all the time probably like three times a week because of that I ended up blowing a disc in my back um uh, that took me out of the running the next year mm-hmm. and then um the next year after that I Actually, I, I had trained with Westside Barbell, and um, you know my goal was to get just strong. And I moved across the state. I, I lived with uh, Louis Simmons and stuff like that. And uh, that you know I still was one spot shy, so I didn't make it th- that year for the games. Um, again, because of my strength, you know, I just always I was always a lagging thing. And I just remember after that regional, just like throwing my hands up and being like, Coach, like. There's, I could not have worked any harder. Like, there's nothing else I could have done. Uh, and um, and he, you know, he told me that um, I wasn't recovering enough, you know. And um, I had a friend reach out to me, and that's where you're going with this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So um, I had a friend reach out to me and um, saying, hey, you know, like, if you're not recovering, this stuff will help you recover. And they were talking about drugs. Um, what was it called? Anavar is called. And um, at first I was like, hell no, like I'm not touching that shit. Like I never thought I would be a person to do that ever. Um, but I was really, uh, I was, I was just lost, dude. I was, I was so obsessed with getting to the CrossFit games. I was willing to almost do anything for it. You know, obviously my, my priorities got really whacked, really uh-huh. whacked, you know? Um, and I was just, I, I just assumed that getting to the games was everything to me, you know, and, uh, was willing to put my, my reputation on the line. And, uh, and so I said, yeah, because it was either quitting the sport or doing that because I, I knew I couldn't try any harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did. Yeah. And, do you, yeah. Do you ever think about like if you were to quit CrossFit at that time, like what what your life would have been like? Yeah, that's a good. I've never really uh, thought about that. That's cool. Um, I think uh, I think I may have wondered what if. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, d- did I not try enough, or like maybe you know, what if I did try it, like you know take that. Um, I'm not really sure where I would have gone with that, dude. Honestly, it, it would be completely different from where I'm at right now. That's for sure. Yeah. And I know the feeling of being completely set on one goal and it wasn't at the magnitude that you were at. There's a lot on the line when you're close to the CrossFit games and everything like that. But at my school, I played baseball and I was closing in on the school record for hits in my career. And I remember thinking, like, once I do this, everyone's going to love me more. I'm going to get reached out to by all my friends. And then I finally got the hit and I'm standing on first base like, holy shit, this is it. Like, I felt empty. 
and yeah. nothing was what I expected it to be. Dude, yeah. You think that the world is going to change. Yeah. You, I mean, it doesn't. And, it, and honestly, I feel like that is the worst. That's even worse, right? Is doing all this work, thinking that this is going to be the success or that you've been looking for, and then you still feel unfulfilled. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. I, I just, um, like, I don't know. I'd rather be fulfilled and never really achieving it rather than, you know, actually achieving it and, and, uh, and not and feeling that emptiness, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So you take Anavar and then you notice results pretty quickly, right? Yeah, probably like within six to eight weeks, I'd say is when I started. So I was, um, you know, I was doing West side training. And so like every week we hit maxes, right? You do a max mm-hmm. every week. Actually, you do two maxes, one upper, one lower. And so it was pretty evident, like whether I was getting stronger or not, right? Because I, I hit maxes every day, or I mean, not every day, but every week. And uh, probably for, you know, for an entire year, my numbers were not going anywhere. Well, honestly, probably more like five years. That's the thing. Um, and so I was in tears every day. And so all of a sudden, you know, my numbers started to go up. Mm-hmm pretty significantly. Like I just, I started to PR my, my, um, I never really PR'd my, my snatch or anything like that. My snatch or clean and jerk, but my press, my bench, my push jerk, you know, stuff like that. My squat, those things all went up, mm-hmm. which was really, really exciting, dude. Um, I was like, yeah, I was just so messed up though. I was so caught up in results, you know, and I wasn't happy if my, if my numbers weren't going up or I, or I wasn't happy if I didn't perform well in a workout. And so my happiness was, was dictated minute by minute on some, you know, weight or achievement. And, um, yeah, it was just messed up. So Anavar helped with that, but I was still chasing the wrong thing, you know? (laughs) So did anyone, did anyone talk to you about like the side effects when you start taking this? No, no, I was, I was, I mean, I looked it up, I Googled, you know, I didn't even know what PED stood for. Like, I didn't even know that, you know, um, I was, I was just totally oblivious, but this person that told me about it, I trusted them hundred percent. Like, I'm not going to trust some random dude off the street, mm-hmm. but this guy, I like, I trusted him hundred percent and uh, I knew he had my back. So, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I, you know, I agree. Let's try it out. And I, I didn't consider I didn't consider any of the ramifications of it. Like what would happen if I got caught? I was just like, yeah, okay. I would get caught. Like, I don't know. Um, and I, or the side or this, like the side effects, I looked it up, um, you know, Googled it, but my friend said, nah, you're going to be fine. If you stay at this low dose, you'll be fine. Like you shouldn't get anything, any side effects. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do it. Um, and I didn't really get, any side effects right then. Um, but I'll tell you that once you get on it, you don't want to get off. Yeah. And I've heard that, like, I obviously I've never done steroids. I'm a little bit younger than you are, but um, I haven't gotten to that point. But everyone who I know has taken them says, like, 
you just yeah. get addicted to those results and it it happens so fast that if you want to gain 20 pounds you might do that in two or three weeks and then it's like everything's going oh. up like so i think yeah i think it's just it's tough once you start you can't really stop yeah like so my numbers went up so that was great right performance mm-hmm. went up i was winning stuff left and right um i mean you know i was still working my ass off but it definitely helped um I, sponsorships were starting to reach out to me um i got invited to go across the seas and train with some people um and uh that's when right when everything was like ramping up right and this was like my dream this was like i was i was about to just I was about to hit my dream sponsorships, everything, you know, I knew this was going to be my year. I was going to kill it. And, um, that's when I got caught. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and we'll get, it was, we'll it get was in, bad. Yeah. So we'll get into that in a second, but, um, what I wanted to ask was, um, like when you're hitting all those PRs and everything, like how fast are people noticing? Cause it, you know, with social media and stuff, everything spreads really fast and you're winning these competitions. So, so are people noticing right away that, Hey, Natalie went from not being that strong to now she's killing it all the time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Like I didn't post that stuff on Instagram. Like I don't usually, I never was posting like PRs or anything like that, you know, like trying to have the stealthy athlete, you know, (laughs) like not, not sharing your secrets, but, um, yeah, no, no, I was, I was winning stuff. I think what happened is I'm, I'm pretty sure I know who I'm pretty sure I got ratted out. I'm pretty sure I know who, um, and it's because I was performing well, you know, like, uh, at competitions, I was performing pretty well with some of the top dogs. So, um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, I think that it was just a red flag, you know? Yeah. So yeah. 20, 2016, you start the open and that's when you get a bunch of phone calls and emails that says, Hey, you're going to be tested. Yep, exactly. It was, dude, it was just, it was just gnarly. I don't even, it makes me sick just thinking about it. Like, you know, that like six, like feeling you get in your stomach, like when you get like pulled over or something, Yeah. you know, like you were going like really fast. You're like that, but like to the extreme, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, like, when you see that phone call or you hear that message, you're just like, oh my God. Ugh. Yeah, it was bad. So and then so you basically had the option, what I've heard from Alyssa's podcast, that you could either have taken the one year ban, not taken the test, or you could just try to see if it doesn't yeah. come back positive. Yeah, that's right. I don't know why I I guess I thought that like I can try to get a, I don't know. You know, I, you just never know. I think I wanted to try to get away with it somehow by like drinking a ton of water or something. I didn't know, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause my friend, he didn't help me at all. Like he didn't, he didn't know what to do. Um, he didn't have a plan. Um, and, uh, but yeah, that would have been, you know, that would have been the better route to just mm-hmm. take a year off, which, cause I think that's what most, I think that's what some people do, you know, or a lot of people do. So, and that you don't get the results back for a couple of weeks. So I can't imagine the stress yeah. you're going through 
after you take it, yeah. you know you're doing something wrong, but you're not sure if it's going to come back. So what's that like? That was that was retarded, dude. Like, I mean, it was just. I, I probably aged like 10 years within four weeks. You know, it was gnarly. Just a, a just a like a pit in your stomach. 24 seven, just kind of like disgusted and like, just not really sure what to do. And like, here you are still trying to train like in the middle of the open. Right. And, uh, nobody knows yet. So it's like, do I tell anybody? I don't know. Like it, it is just, it, I don't know. It's like, it's like, you're like, you know, you're about to like die or something, you know, you're like, I don't know. It's like, you, you kind of start to take everything. Um, you don't see you, you start to um become more grateful for things right and friends and training mm-hmm. and stuff because you're like this might be the last you know this might be the last of me for a while so like you know you just I don't know you know what I mean yeah and your priorities at this point are solely 100% on training like you're this is your entire oh, life yeah. I had no other life that I had not I had nothing no nothing like yeah I mean, that, yeah, nothing. <laughs> okay. So, so you finally, you get the results. It comes back positive. So what made you decide to go public with it? Like when you issued the response that you were sorry you did it, um, like what was that decision like to just come out and be honest with it? You know, <clears throat> it just seemed like... <clears throat> It like it just seemed like uh, I couldn't live in a lie. Like I think that living in a lie was just gonna make me feel even more like you know like dog shit, you know. And uh, it it would always be like this weight on my shoulders, like that I always had to carry around. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that. I already had the weight, and it's like I just wanted it to be off. And like, whatever happens, whatever people think of me happens, but I need to let it out. You know, it's like, I, I, I've just noticed that if you, if you keep things closed in, it doesn't help. It doesn't, you know, I wanted to be free of that. And that was the only way, like, and plus I wanted people to know, like, like, I'm not going to lie behind it. Like, it just feels like, I don't know, just, um, like, uh, like, not grungy, but like, I don't know. It's just disrespectful. And like, I think that, well, I mean, so was what I did, but I, you know, and I've always like people who have gotten caught and I'm like, you can just know it's like, come on, dude. Like every single, every supplement, like, I mean, like everybody has the excuse. So it was in my supplement. Like, I don't know, you know, like just own up to it. Like it's, we, it's, it's a lot of people think about it. Like, don't, you don't have to deny that we didn't think about it. We're all like, we're all human. It's a very appealing, a very alluring idea to want to like take a pill and everything changes. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it is. And, um, and I mean, it, like it was for me, I'm not saying it is for everybody, but I know a lot of people like, heck, that's why everybody's like after a quick fix, trying to lose weight, you know? Um, but anyway, so like, I just, I just knew that I, in order for me to feel good about myself, I had to tell the truth. 
I didn't want to lie about it and it not only tell the truth, but just like be completely open about it. Yeah. I just, I think it's more of a burden to try to hide it and tell lies. And it just, it doesn't make things better. I think it just makes it a big mess, yeah. you know? So yeah, I wanted to be free from that entanglement. And also I wanted to like, I want people to be okay to talk about it. I mean, I know it's like not, you know, it's a very, nobody wants to talk about it and I get it, but we don't need to like deny that people are thinking about it or, you know, and like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about why we, you know, really want to do this. And is that really going to bring us what we want? Because from what I found out, it doesn't, you know, like the podium, the medals, it doesn't do anything The the money, the anything sponsorships, you know, you think it does, but yeah. So. So before this, were you, did you have like sponsors before like 2016? Were you, you said like you started, the sponsorship started rolling, you were getting a lot more opportunities. Like, were you, yeah. I don't, were you making money off this before, like say 2013, 2014 and everything? Um, I was only making money if I was winning. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And at that point, like the decision almost makes itself where it's like you can continue to beat your head against the wall, not get anywhere, or you can get all these opportunities that you think are the most important thing in your entire world. And it's like, I can't imagine having to make that decision because I think I would have done the same thing that you did. And I think you captured it. I encourage you um our listeners to read why why did it your blog post i thought that was amazing how you're opening up and everything like that thanks yeah yeah i mean i i think a lot of people can relate to it because a lot of people are chasing chasing you know chasing uh recognition sponsorships and trying to be the best or just even trying to be the best at their gym or just trying to look a certain way and yeah um from what i learned it wasn't, it, none of that is, yeah, it wasn't worth it, but I'm so happy it happened to me. I'm really glad that I did do it because I wouldn't be where I'm at now. Cause it's like, it's been, a, it's, it's changed everything. It's what it's, you know, it's the reason why I'm, I'm where I am now. So, mm-hmm. so I do want to shift gears cause you have a ton going on now and that story is not your entire story. So you're a nutrition coach now. Are you still doing CrossFit at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, I do. I don't compete anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I do it for fun. Um, and uh, but yeah, I mean, I I do kind of a blend of bodybuilding and CrossFit because. Uh, bodybuilding is really easy on the body um, and CrossFit just keeps it fun. But when I CrossFit, I don't I have a very different approach these days, like. Mm-hmm. 110 100% different 180 like mm-hmm. it's it's crazy yeah so i i used to be like literally the hardest worker in the room i would i'd be that person i would die on the treadmill or i'd be you know just to uh be work harder than you right mm-hmm. i'd wake up earlier i'd get to the gym earlier i'd leave the gym i'd make sure i got one more rep i did everything it was always a competition always Dude, just freaking walking down the street, I would want to try to walk faster than you. You know, it's like, <laughs> that was my life. And now I am the total opposite. 
I could care less about competition and I don't do stuff for time. I don't even use the clock. And uh, it's a real freeing approach. I felt like back in the day, it was almost like I caged myself. I imprisoned myself to all these expectations of going harder and comparing myself and making sure I'm better than you and blah, blah, blah. And now it's, it's, uh, I've taken off, like, I'm not a slave anymore. You know, I'm not, it's, it's different. It's free, you know? So I read about your green, um, yellow and red days. Can you talk us through what that means through your training? Yeah. So basically like, just so you know, like I, 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 what happened because of that whole mindset of being the best and working harder, going harder, being the hardest worker in the room. I ended up overtraining myself into adrenal fatigue, metabolic damage. Um, I became pre-diabetic and high, and I got hypothyroid and I gained 20 pounds in two months. So uh, everything blew up, right? Um, and uh, and so what happened is I was forced to learn a new way. So I I had to I worked with some of the world class doctors, and they told me that. I couldn't train like that. And so I knew that if I was going to continue, you know, my love for fitness, that I was going to have to figure out how to manage training intensity. And so that's where I came up with the green, yellow, red. Um, so green days, that's how I do it. It's like green days, you go hard, right? It's like a stoplight. Green days, go hard. Yellow days, you pull back. You just, you play around. It's a playful day. And this is where a lot of people have trouble, right? Because everything's usually like go hard got to be heavy or it's you know if you're not going hard it's not even worth it um but you know i i I think i've had way more for fun and success physically mentally with yellow days of just like pulling back um and then red days are like rest days so like walking days maybe you know get out on the lake um you know hike with the dog like just real easy type stuff yeah i think i think that's awesome because I did CrossFit for a couple of years. Now I'm in Olympic weightlifting, but as a competitive person, it, even if I felt like shit, I would go into the gym and it's like, you see yeah. your buddy's time that day and you're like, all right, it's on. And it's so hard right. to stop yourself from that, to go in on that yellow day and be like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to scale. I don't care if the RX isn't next to my name today. I'm going to just go feel the movements. And I think yeah. CrossFit almost like doesn't encourage that it's so hard to balance that yeah i think like crossfit itself encourages it but people get so competitive for that star or to like see how they compare that it just gets lost and it's i mean and i think it's it's the worst for like just the general public right Mm -hmm. athletes that's one thing you gotta i mean you gotta you gotta you know that's athletes are a different story but for anybody who's not like actually pursuing this competitively like it's not the way to go you know um yeah and it's just it's sad seeing so many people going to the gym work their butt off and they're not getting any results like it's just crazy because you really like you know you just don't need to be yeah it's, it's setting them back um and they don't it's hard to get out of that mindset. That's why I like the green, yellow, red system. Cause it gives you some purpose, right? It's like, okay, you know, like this is how I feel and this is what I'm going to do. And that's okay. But 
people have a hard time, a really hard time with um, not going hard all the yeah. time. So how are you structuring that? Is that something a system that when you wake up, you're, you think today's a green day or it's a yellow day? Like, how do you know the difference between between the three days? Yeah. Well, for me now, I just do it intuitively. Right. And I like I'll, I'll make the decision when I wake up or maybe when I get to the gym and, you know, I'm kind of like probably not when I wake up because I just waking up is always hard. Right. So you just get up, you get yourself to the gym. OK. And then I start moving around and I'm like, Ugh, like, you just know those days where it's like, this is going to be a grind on those days, which to tell you the truth, like, that's most days, like, I'm just gonna go yellow, you know, like, I want to move, but I don't have the, I, I don't feel like I can put much intensity into my workout, then I'm just gonna go yellow. So I'm just gonna go either like bodybuilding stuff, or I'll do CrossFit. But I don't do it for time. So like this morning, I did Elizabeth, right? 2159 squat clean ring dip. So what I do is I'll just, I, I make an intention before the workout. I'm like, okay, my intention is to just focus on powerful cleans, right? Just like crisp, boom, you know, hit the, hit the clean nice and strong and uh, maybe three or four reps at a time. And then when I set the bar down, I'm kind of like walking around. I'm putting my weights away. Okay, I'm going to go again. So the workout what would typically probably take me three minutes or I don't know, probably five minutes, three to five minutes on Elizabeth probably took me 10 minutes. Okay. Mm -hmm. to, and that's okay. So that was a yellow day. Like I'm still doing the workout. I'm just scaling way back on intensity. It's the intensity part. I still kept the weight, still did 95 pounds, you know, but I've gotten to the point where I know how to read my body really well. And <laughs> I know when I need to pull back, I know when I just need to be out of the gym. Right now, like when I work with clients in the beginning, because they don't know that, I'm like, all right, so you're going to go green day on this day and this day. And then these days are going to be yellow. These days are going to be red based mm -hmm. on what you have. You've told me what is going on in your week. Like maybe they've got like, you know, work meetings or I don't know. They've got a real busy week. Or maybe they're they got vacation. I don't know. So it changes. Right. Depending on what other things are going on in your life, because all of those things. I know it's just life, but they have they have a compounding effect on your, basically your brain, you know, mm -hmm. the amount of stress that you're taking on. And the more stress, a body that is stressed is a body that doesn't burn fat. So, so mm -hmm. we, we manage it that way. So what else goes on? Like you have, you have your nutrition, you have your training. What do you encourage clients to do outside, outside of the gym, outside of the kitchen to make the rest of your life, your life better? Dude, it is unbelievable how important it is to, like, just, it, it's, it, it, it's hard to say, like, it's, it's so important to be mindful, right, be present, and not only be present in what's going on in your life, but, like, where do you want to go, right, like, why are we doing what we're doing? What is that leading to? Are you just working just to work? Or is that work like getting you somewhere? What is that vision? You know, we're all after something. I mean, we're all after really the same thing. We all want peace. We all want to be happy, right? We want peace and joy, not a care. Like we just feel stress-free. Everything is in alignment. We're happy. We love our bodies. And so 
the thing is that what I've noticed is that everybody thinks that that exists after they get something, mm-hmm. right? If I get this car, if I get this job, if I get this body, and that will lead to those emotions, just like with the, with CrossFit games, right? I was like, if I get this, then I'll be happy. Like it never worked out like that. And I have totally shifted it. So where I align myself in a way that I just choose to be happy now all of the time you, in and that is something that is always in your control, always. So you can choose to have a really happy day that flies by, right? Or you can choose to be unhappy and miserable all day long. And it feels like one of uh, 24 hours feels like an eternity, you know? Yeah. So I've been really, um, you know, focused on that, like figuring out what your vision is and aligning yourself with that and taking time to just to check in with yourself, to slow down. And I think the simplest way to do that, you know, without sort of all the meditation stuff is to just go for a walk, like go for a walk. And when you're walking, like feel the wind on your face, feel your arms swing by your sides, feel your feet hit the ground, listen to the trees. If you can go out in nature, great. You know, um, those kind of things, like check in with yourself, slow down, you know, because there's a lot, it's just your mind is so incredibly powerful. And I don't think people are just, that's, that is where it all starts, you know? So. Yeah. yeah. You know, I love of, that. Just, just yeah. slowing down. And that's incredibly hard for anyone in yeah. our generation that you're constantly on Instagram. And I know your business yeah. is basically completely relying on the internet. So it must be hard to just step away from your phone, step away from the computer for an hour, maybe two hours a day to just get out and just slow down, like you said. Yeah, it is super hard, dude. It's so hard. And honestly, I don't want to take my phone any of those times I'm on a walk, but I have to because I got to record and document that I'm doing this stuff, you know, that I'm I'm doing what I preach. But, you know, if if you are, if you don't have much time, like, well, first off, you should be able to make time for walks. But at the very least, understand that, like, you are literally in control of your emotions all of the time. And so you can choose to be peaceful and happy, or you can choose to be stressed and overwhelmed. And those things like that, just that choice will impact your ability to perform well or lose weight. You know, like, we know that when we're stressed out, and we're tight and anxious we don't move well things don't it like things move well when we're loose when we're in alignment when we're in the flow right so yeah so are you coaching athletes at all or you're just doing general population now yeah i think there's a mixed converse mixed um uh, representation i'm not like i do work with some athletes but most people are the general public you know, okay. and I think people, it, I, it looks like I'm working with athletes or something, but I'm working with people that are spinning their wheels in the gym, working hard and not seeing results. I'm like the last coach that people go to because they've tried all the other diets and nothing's worked. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to get into a selfish question. I saw you posted on Instagram the other day about slow metabolism And I think basically myself, I've worked my way into that because I have 
I have abs, I have veins and everything like that, but I tend to eat the same thing day in and day out. And then say Saturday rolls around and I have that cheap meal where I just blow it out. And then back when Sunday starts again, it's the same food all the time. So what damage is that doing? Well, I mean, that could work for you. I mean, that's the thing is if you look good, feel good and you're performing good, that's fine. It's working for you. You're probably young enough that it's going to, it's fine, you know, but as you do age, um, you may notice that maybe it stops working as well. Right. Mm. Um, and that's the thing is that usually those kind of things, they'll work good for a little bit, but it's when, it's when people do the same thing over and over and over and can think that it's going to continue to work well. Right. Um, and it's, it's just not because of, the stresses that we have in life or, you know, your hormones as you age. But I mean, I think personally, I mean, if that's working for you, great. You know, if it's easy, do it. But if you want to try to see if something else would work better, um, I, you know, I'm a huge believer in having a, a flexible metabolism, right? So um, one that can burn off fat and can burn off carbs. So like, um, you know, and really it's like, training your metabolism just like you train your your lifts and stuff like that you know um that's what you're doing with your you're conditioning your metabolism to uh burn off fat on low carb days and burn off carbs on high carb days and you know so that it um it's not just using one fuel source and getting used to like one rigid plan you're switching it up your your metabolism wants to be it's adaptive. And so we've got to be one step ahead of it. Just like when you're, when you're training, you can't do five by five day in, day out at the same weight and expect to get better. You, you like, it's the same thing with your metabolism. You've got to, you got to change it up. You got to change up the program, right. In, in order, if you, if you want it to respond, it's got to be jiggled around. You got to, you know, you got to trick it. You got to be one step ahead. So, you know, um, and that's where the green, yellow, red days come in too, you know? So that's what, because I, uh, we coordinate a certain amount of food on green, yellow, red days. And then we even have black and white days, which are like cutting days or refeed days. Um, and and that it's just, it's constant change, right? That your metabolism, it'll never get stuck when it's constantly changing like that. And you're going to be able to just be better at burning all the different fuel sources, fuel, uh, protein, carb, fat, and alcohol. Yeah. So yeah, it's just conditioning it, you know, just like with training. Yeah. And I think for me, like personally, I'm still an athlete. So it is kind of, it's hard. And especially when I hear stories like yours about how once I hit that number, I'm not going to feel any different than if I fail that goal. So for me, I'm kind of at the, at the point where like, um, I have big goals in Olympic weightlifting and then some days you fail and then I come home and I'm like, what am I even doing? And uh, yeah. so I think like just hearing stories like yours is kind of is pushing me to be competitive, but also to to realize that this isn't the only thing going on. Yeah. And I think like just enjoying the process, right? Like. Like. Instead of thinking that this weight makes me happy. Yeah. Just know that like whether I hit it or not, I'm happy or, you know, but like you, 
it's good to have goals and intentions, but I wouldn't base your happiness off that. Like, you know, um, and I would just, if I would do it over, I would just try to have, I, I would honestly probably have been a better athlete if I would have just had more fun rather than so yeah. much pressure. I really, because when I have so much pressure, just like I was riding dirt bikes yesterday, and if I was so focused on the guys around me, the bikes coming up around me, I tense up. Yeah. But if I'm loose and I'm feeling and I'm in the moment, I'm flowing, right? And that's what we want to be like. That tension, we don't want tension, you know. And so we want to be in that happy state, the you know, um, and it's just going to be a lot more enjoyable, a lot more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So what um what books are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? It's clear that you're always trying to learn and stuff. So what are you going to? Um, yeah, I'm always learning. Um, I'm always learning. I'm mainly, I want to just continue to, uh, I I think right now where I'm most at, like, I mean, I'm always learning more about the metabolism, Mm -hmm. um, and stress and stuff like that, reading up on research and stuff like that. But I'm also really, really big into mindset right now. Mindset, um, creating vision boards, um, learning, learning how to, to be peaceful and joyful in the day. Um, and, uh, just be like in a really a good alignment. Cause when you are in alignment, you know, it, like, mm-hmm. you know, it, you feel it. Everything looks wonderful. Everything is enjoyable and exciting. And when you're not in alignment, everything feels like a freaking chore or, a mountain, you know? Yeah. And I've, I spent two years in corporate America, basically where every day I hated, I hated waking up because it's like, I got to sit, sit at this desk for eight hours. I got to be somewhere where I don't want to be with people I don't want to be with. So I think that alignment is huge. And so what, um, what got you into nutrition coaching and you do this full time, right? I do. Yeah. Okay. So, so how'd you get started? Um, well, I got started when I was, you know, training CrossFit, you know, training for the CrossFit games. Um, but it was very little because I CrossFit was like my life. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have any, you know, I couldn't take anybody on, um, or at least not many people. So, but then once I did, um, I did bodybuilding for a while there and I learned a lot through that and I learned a lot of what not to do. Mm-hmm. I learned that's I learned a lot of what not to do. And that's what everybody's doing is trying to eat less and take out certain foods and eat a certain way. You want to do that? Have at it. But that shit sucks. Um, so, I, yeah. And so once I did that, though, I I I started to take on more clients. Um, and then when I decided to not compete anymore, which was like a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. um, which is when I got sick and fat, uh, I took on full time. I just went full time. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. awesome. So what's the biggest lesson you've learned from coaching others? For nutrition? Yeah, just like uh, just in general, just yeah. coaching. Yeah, you know, the biggest lesson that it's interesting. People think that there's like this 
there's like this right plan that you need to follow. Like you have to eat certain foods, right? You can't have cookies. You can't go out to drink. You can't, there's like this, this weird black and white of what's good and bad. Like when you, you know, like maybe like kind of how, what, like during the week you eat clean, right? Those are clean foods. And then you eat cheat meals on the weekend. Like it's just, it makes it kind of a, a negative relationship with food almost just like a, like you see things as good and bad. Mm-hmm. I look at food and I don't see anything as good or bad. Like I'll, I'll look at, you know, a veggie and a cookie to tell you the truth, that cookie might be better for me if it leads me to not pigging out on chips and dip in an hour. Right. Yeah. If that cookie is going to satisfy me and just be like, just hit my spot, like hit the spot and take the edge off. That cookie is like a health food for me. Whereas if I just try to eat chicken and broccoli as a result of eating chicken and broccoli, because I'm trying to willpower my way to eat this way. And that leads me to eating pizza and chips and dip and pantry eating all night long. That shit ain't working for me. You know, And people get like really messed up with this thing. And, um, they think that, cause I thought this too, but they think that like a diet has to be like this weird, good and bad thing. And this is the reason why people can't sustain it. And they have struggled so much that, and because they're trying and they're too stressed out. Mm-hmm. So that is what I noticed. People are too stressed out. They think that doing more is going to be better. Going harder is better especially females. Females really have a hard time with this and especially aging females. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing is that there's like this idea that there's like this good and bad plan, like, you know, RP, I don't mean to call them out, but like there's these templates out there that's telling you when to eat, what to eat. And it's like, Jesus, like who wants to be like caged into that? Like we already we already have to go to work, you know, from like eight to five or whatever. Like, why do you want to, it's just, we're just putting all these like boundaries around us. And Mm -hmm. this is why, like, we don't work like that. We want to be free. That's what we're after, you know? And that's why it doesn't, it doesn't last long. So I know I'm kind of getting like probably off the, um, the point, but yeah, that's kind of what I noticed is this idea. This, there's this really ancient idea of dieting that needs to change. And there's a, there like, I'm here to bring this idea out. And especially to people who like to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely that's definitely good advice. And then what we talked about metabolism, we talked about um, training. So how important is sleep? I think it's a something that people neglect a lot. So how important is yeah. that on metabolism and training? Sleep's huge, man. It's like um, it's like. It's almost like, you know, like if you have like your computer on forever or your phone on forever and things start slowing down and get real like, like it's not coming, you know, things aren't quick. It's not speedy. The pages aren't loading very fast. It's almost like that. And like, you know, like when you turn your computer off or your phone, you give it a reset. You almost feel like relieved, right? For it. It's like, oh, like my computer, it's okay. Like I'm going to give you a little break, you know, and then it's right back on and it works a lot better that's like sleep. Okay. So it's a huge rock. It's a big rock that affects all the little downstream rocks. And, um, it's, it's gotta be, 
that's the thing is people don't like this stuff because it's not sexy, you know, but the thing is it's, it's dictating whether you're hungry that day, whether you're craving junk food or not, it's dictating whether you're going to be burning fat or not. Um, your mood, your performance. I mean, it impacts everything. So mm-hmm. it, it's gotta be a priority. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- for me personally, like I'm very selfish about my sleep. My phone turns off at a certain time and I don't have any electronics. I bought a $5 alarm clock at target and I have blackout curtains. Cool. So I think it, cool. it is important to talk about sleep because you go, you go into Barnes and Noble and the diet and wellness section is forever. And then you see the section on sleep is this big and there's three books in there. So, yeah, well, that's, that's because people are after the quick fix. Yeah. They don't want to try to go to bed earlier, you know, or try to move their lifestyle around. Yeah. So that's what they're going to get. They're going to get a harder approach. And especially as an athlete, like you definitely got to make sure you're getting your sleep, you know, like that's where the recovery happens. But again, also for the general public too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I love your story. I love that you've been able to share everything. Um, where can people go if they want to work with you? Um, so you can find me on my Instagram for content, um, natalie.newhart. And if you want to schedule um, a free breakthrough call, I do a free breakthrough calls. They're like 30 minutes long and I'll, I'll run you through like my 4M fat loss system to see kind of where your weaknesses lie. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find me, you, if you just go to talktonat.com, uh, that's where you can schedule a session with me, a free breakthrough call. But it's not a chance for you to just kind of like get free advice. It's like, hey, if you're really serious about changing your lifestyle around, those are the kind of people I'm after. I don't really, I don't want, you know, people are kind of who are looking for a quick fix. Mm-hmm. So yeah, talktonat.com and then natalie.newhard, two places. Awesome. And I think people can learn a ton from this. So I'm so happy that I had you on and you were vulnerable and told your story. So thank you so much. For sure. All the time. Um, And then also, I don't know if you're going to put it in the show notes, but it's because if if you do the talk to Nat, it's the number two talk, like the number two and then talk to Nat. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, dude. I really appreciate it. I love getting this message out. I think it needs to get heard. Um, and it'll help people live a better, happier life, you know? So that's what I'm hopefully, you know, doing that. So. Awesome. And then again, I'll direct, um, everyone to Alyssa Ritchie's podcast where you told basically your whole story about the drug test and everything like that. So I didn't want it, want this to be the same exact podcast as that. So. Totally. Yeah. I appreciate that. So there's not much more to say after that interview. Um, Natalie was a great guest. She brought a level of vulnerability and honesty that I really thank her for and admire her for. And I think what I'm going to take away from this podcast is really just appreciating the process, appreciating training and my nutrition, and just thinking at a different angle than I normally do. So especially in Olympic weightlifting, I have all these goals to qualify for things and to hit specific numbers. And sometimes I don't appreciate the process. And I do have trust the process tattooed on my arm, but sometimes I forget about that. So I think after hearing this interview again and listening to this and Natalie's other content, just 
really appreciating everything we have in our lives is so important. We can always choose happiness. We can always choose joy. It just depends on your outlook. So I urge you guys to take her advice, look at her content on Instagram. She also puts a ton of stuff out on YouTube, which is really helpful. And I'm always looking for guests like this in the future. So if you do want to come on the podcast, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram and we can set something up if I think you're the right fit. And I will talk to you guys next week.